and welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told the medium of sound, showcase the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Hear your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And we're going to be short and sweet today. We are on part two of three installments featuring Fat Cats by the ZBS Foundation. If you uh, need to catch her up, check out last week. <laughs> and otherwise, uh, tune right in. Here we go. Are you sure this is your car? It's Miss Chris's. Besides, if the key fits, wear it. Hey, you can't drive. How the hell do you think I got here anyway? Hmm? This town is crawling with cops. I don't care. Let them crawl. No good coppers. <laughs> hey, come on. Look. Watch out for the... Ah! Look. Oh. Hey, look. Come on. Slide over. I'll drive. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can't seem to get anywhere going backwards. I want, I want to go forwards, but I keep going backwards. Hey, Willie. Yeah. Willie, Willie, there's a bottle of bourbon in your car door. Hand it over. No, you've had enough. Give me the goddamn bottle! All right, all right. All right. Jeez. Hey, Willie, I didn't mean to yell. It's all right. Friends? Sure. Hey, tell me, friend, where the hell are we going? Home. Your place or mine? Yours. You mean Luke's little fantasy island? Yeah, that's right. Luke's little fantasy island. <laughs> he was deplane boss. Deplane boss. Berkeley Bob said uh, he gave him money to get it cleaned up. Who? You know, the local hippie. Oh, him. That was a nice thing to do. Oh, he stunk. Woo. But the clothes you gave him, they were really... Uh, some old rags I was giving the Salvation Army. A Bijan polo shirt? Oh, Bijan, Ferragamo, Armani, Gucci, 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 Gucci. All right, cut it out, cut it out. <laughs> I took 29 to Schuylerville and then Route 4 north. We passed over the Hudson River and continued toward Fort Edward. The Lake Champlain Canal runs along the edge of the road. A few miles south of Fort Edward, I turned off the highway and up on a bridge that passes over the canal. Hey, Willie, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 slow down, whoa, slow down, Willie. Right. Stop, 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 stop. sick? No. No, no. Gotta pee. Women don't know what they're missing. They don't know the joys of whizzing off a bridge. Yeah. How's the water, Luke? Ooh, shitty. <laughs> Bet you did this as a kid, huh, Willie? Oh, yeah. Every <laughs> time I see a bridge, I gotta take a whiz. Yeah, bridges make me want to pee. Like reaching out and touching the water way down there. Feel the contact coming right up the stream. Yeah. Hey, Willie. Yeah. What do you think of Christy? She's nice. Yeah, yeah, she can be a bitch. You ever met a woman who wasn't a bitch? Some of the time? Yeah, well, men are jerks too, some of the time. <laughs> Bitches and jerks! <laughs> what a world. 
Hey, Willie. What? If anything happens to me, yeah. be your friend. She needs a friend. What are you talking about, Luke? What do you think is going to happen? Huh? I don't know. You stay here, Willie. I'm going to go for a walk, clear my head. He threw his bottle into the bushes and went staggering down the gravel road into the dark. There was a boat coming down the canal. Two lights were shining straight ahead. A third light moved back and forth across the width of the canal, scanning the water for logs. It was a barge, but it looked like an alien spaceship approaching through the mist. The moving light spotted the car on the bridge, locked onto it for a moment, and then continued moving back and forth across the water. The wheelhouse of the barge lowered as it approached the bridge. It was like a football field passing underneath me. It seemed so close. I felt I could hop over the railing and land on the deck and maybe not even get hurt. And the car started up and drove off. Luke left me standing on the bridge at 2.30 in the morning. It was a warm night. I wasn't in any hurry to get anywhere. And I wasn't going to get anywhere in a hurry anyway. So I watched the barge glide into the locks down the canal. The locks were lit up like a landing field. I watched the gates slowly close behind the barge. They released the water from the locks. The level dropped as the barge slowly disappeared from my sight. I guess about 15 or 20 minutes had passed when it happened. It was a hell of an explosion. I was about a half a mile away on the other side of the woods. I started running down the road toward the river. I could see the flames from the dry grass that had caught fire. The explosion happened in an old cemetery on the bank of the river. The fires were small and burning in different spots between the tombstones. What was once a car was scattered over the cemetery, even into the woods. It looked like a terrorist bomb had been set off. I was stomping out a fire when I stepped on something. I jumped back. It felt like it was alive, like I had stepped on a small animal. I bent down. It was a hand. It was wearing a ring. Luke's ring. A neighboring pickup drove up joined in beating the fires with a shovel. The volunteer fire department finally arrived. The sheriff's deputy arrived about ten minutes later. I told the deputy what I knew. Then the state police pulled up. I told them the same thing. More sheriff's cars arrived, more state police. The sheriff himself finally got there. He wanted to talk to Christie. I gave him the number. He called. She had heard the explosion. He didn't tell her what had happened. He just said he wanted to talk to her. I had a key to Luke's boat. The dock is only about a quarter of a mile up the road. Funny thing was, when I tried to start up the boat, the key didn't fit. 
I had another key in my pocket. That one fit. I realized the first key belonged to Luke's car. I still had it. looked at her and then at me. We were friends. She was beautiful. I had gotten out of the car just before it exploded. I had a feeling it was going to be a long night. But the adrenaline wore off and everyone was tired. And they just decided to pick up the questioning the next day. When I was leaving to take them back to the dock, Christy asked me to return and stay with her. I explained to the cops that she was scared. And they just looked at me. Yeah, I dropped him off at the dock, returned to the island. Jesus, you could have been killed. Why did Luke have your car? His Ferrari was in the shop. The Chevy was a rental I drove up from New York. Was Luke involved with some gangsters? I don't think so. What about the window? Someone was taking pot shots. I don't know. Oh, God, who do this? Some crazy person? Why? I don't get it. Will you stay here? I can take you into town. With what? We don't have a car. Yeah. I don't understand why this is happening. God, it's cold. Come here. Come here. You'll be okay. It'll work out. I knew a woman once. She fitted to my arms as though she were custom-made. All her curves fit in the right places. It was the same with Christy. It brought up all those memories. I was tired. I was running on automatic. When I held her, I pressed her body against me. When she looked up at me, my lips found her mouth. Suddenly something was unleashed, something so desperate in both of us that we were startled by the intensity of it. each other. If one of us had made a move, the other wouldn't have stopped it. I'll, uh, I'll sleep on the couch. You had it in your hand, man. I know, but if something happened, I, I couldn't tell Annie. Ooh, ooh. I'd always feel guilty, you know? Well, you're Mr. Clean, but now you've got Bryce. What do you mean? You'll always remember that night. And some days, when you're alone, you'll play it over and over in your head, wondering what might have been, but never was. Now oh, shut up. The state police questioned Christy, me, Shade, Rick, even Bruno Rocco. Turned out that the night Luke was drunk, he and Bruno had an argument, but Bruno had an alibi, so... I knew the cops kept thinking there was something between Christy and me, but I kept denying it. After a while, I started to wonder, maybe there was something. Christy went back to New York. After about a week, she called one night. I always assumed he had his money offshore or in some Swiss bank account. How'd he make his money? 
Internet stock. He made a fortune. But no one knows where it is. Nope. I'm sorry you didn't get paid. Yeah, me too. I didn't finish painting. <laughs> you coming down to New York? Sometime? Yeah, sometime. You gonna visit Saratoga? Well, I see ya. Yeah. Bye, Willie. Yeah. Bye. Two sets of keys. Why two identical sets of keys? What do you mean? That night, when you were on the bridge, Luke started up the car and drove off. Yeah? But you had the key in your pocket. He had another key. The babe's car was a rental. They don't give you two sets of keys. Maybe he asked for it. Look at your key. He had a duplicate made. Why was he carrying both keys in his pocket? That happens. What the hell kind of an answer is that? Follow it up, kiddo. I went to see a cop I knew in the Saratoga Police Department. Briggs Staten. From what I hear, the DA figures it was some fat cats that Lucas Trust was in debt to. He was in debt? <laughs> Apparently, he was in debt to a lot of people. And maybe some of those guys decided to get tough. Who are the fat cats? I don't think the investigators really know. But they were very interested in you and that model. Christy St. Nichols? I'll bet she's a handful. They even checked out your buddy, Rick. Rick? Why Rick? They used to call him White Boy Rick back in Chicago. They figured he was a cocaine dealer, but he was too slick. They could never nail him. That's it? There's more. Before Chicago, he was in the army in Vietnam. Demolitions. Rick? Yeah. If you want to blow a car in a shrapnel, he'd be the man to see. Don't you think? The cops don't really think Rick was involved. Ah, not really. As far as they can figure, Rick didn't even know Ms. Nichols. Did he? No. You two talk about her? Of course. What did he say? I don't know. He wanted to meet her. He wanted to see what she was like. Yeah. I'll bet there's a million guys out there who'd love to get their hands inside her tight little t-shirt. <laughs> Go see Shades. Just do it. Come on in, Willie. Hey, Red. Oh, can't complain. You want some iced tea? Yeah, sure. Too bad what happened to Luke. You know, me and you are out of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, are these his cats? These fat cats of his? Yeah, Sylvester and Tweety Bird. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, Tweety. Well, I guess they're yours now, huh? Yeah, they sure like to eat. You sure you can take care of them? Oh, yeah. They're a couple of cool cats. <laughs> Police don't know who done it. I don't think we'll ever find out. Well, Luke knew his days were numbered. Why do you say that? Can you keep a secret? Yeah. You won't tell no one. You can trust me. A couple of days before Luke got blown up, he put money in my bank account. Yeah? To take care of those cats. Really? Ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars to take care of those cats? Cats can't eat that much. Hmm. Well, I hope not. <laughs> 
Berkeley Bob. Yeah? Ask yourself, why did Luke help Berkeley Bob? Why? Don't ask me. Find out. Berkeley's out of town. You sure? I haven't seen him around. Doesn't mean he's gone. He went to visit his mother in Pittsburgh. How? How? How, how what? Did he walk? Did he fly? Did he fly or take the train? No, he said he had a bus ticket. So, did he get on it? Check it out, kiddo. Turned out the bus people don't know who rides the bus, but I knew where Berkeley lived. I talked to the landlady. He went to Pittsburgh. Can I check the room? Yeah, yeah. Now look, look for yourself, he ain't here. There was a duffel bag on the bed. I opened it. Hey, what are you doing? I'm checking. No, don't take nothing, you hear? In the bag were his faded clothes, along with a couple of expensive labels. A hairbrush, toothbrush, toothpaste, shaving cream, some pills, razor, socks, and so on. If he went to Pittsburgh, he went without his bag. Now, why did Luke give Hippie Bob his clothes? He was getting rid of them. You don't believe that. What's with the clothes? They're expensive. Think, the clothes fit? Berkeley, Bob, and Rufus Trust were the same size. That's right. A chill went through me. What about the bottle? What bottle? That night when you were driving him back, he was drinking out of a bottle. What happened to the bottle? He tossed it into the bushes. Find it. I didn't ask why. I drove out there, parked the car on the bridge, same as I had done that night, and figured out about where he had thrown the bottle. I found it in the bushes. It was still half full. I opened it and sniffed. There wasn't any odor. I poured some in my hand and tasted it. It was iced tea. keep reading that cheap detective crap, it's making you paranoid. When Luke came into the bar, Rick left. This is crazy. Rick was in demolitions in Vietnam. I'd suspect you before Rick. Oh, gee, thanks. Rick and I used to go out. What? I didn't know that. No, I know you didn't know that, but it was a long time ago. You know, I know what he did in Vietnam. He told me one night, and he, he told me things I wish I'd never heard. just finished setting the charges and I heard these voices they were village kids maybe they were coming back from school I don't know the lieutenant wouldn't let me warn them he said they were Viet Cong I blew them up I remember every detail Every frame. I kept playing it back like a movie. I wish it was a movie. I can't leave. I can't get out. There's no exit. When Luke drove off, leaving you on the bridge, the explosion happened about 15 or 20 minutes later. But the dock where the boat was moored is about two minutes from the bridge. Then why did he go to the cemetery? He was drunk. 
Drinking iced tea? What's at the cemetery? Tombstones. What else? There's no fresh graves. It's an old cemetery. And what else? There's pine trees, grass, little flags, plastic flowers. They keep the grass cut? Yeah. Where do they keep the mower? Oh. Check it out, kiddo. The cemetery had been cleaned up. Grass was starting to grow back. What I forgot about was the cement block shed on the bank of the river. The wooden door was padlocked. I found there was an historic cemetery society that looked after the place. We hire a man to mow the lawn and take care of the ground. What's in the concrete bunker? <laughs> That's a storage shed. I called the lawnmower man. Ooh, nice dog you got here. Well, keep him out of your way. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to get underfoot. Matter of fact, he likes to get under the mower if I'm not careful. Whoa, we don't want to do that. He's a smart dog, I can see that. About your shed, you said there was something strange about it. I keep a few tools in there, rakes, a shovel, a push mower, that's about all. You're the only one that has a key? Well, you know, I went out there one day and some kids had changed the padlock. Or somebody changed it. I figured it was kids. Someone removed your padlock and put on their own? Yeah, I had to hacksaw it off. And were your tools still in the shed? Nothing was touched. I mean, stuff was moved around, but... The funny thing was, the floor was clean. No dirt, no leaves. It was very clean. Huh. The, did you notice anything else? No, and then I started looking because I thought, oh, someone's going to sweep out for me. Maybe they're going to mow the grass for me. <laughs> Good one. Why are you asking? You saw him get blown up. I saw him drive off, and a few minutes later, the car blew up. You and that Christy dame ID'd the body. It was a mess. That hand you stepped on in the graveyard, it was wearing his ring. It was his clothes, his shoes. Even his sister said it was him. What more do you want, Willie? He was cremated, you know. If you got any second thoughts about this, you're going to have to sift through his ashes, because that's all that's left. Just a brief recap. Lucas Trust has been murdered. It was a car bomb. A few minutes before it happened, Willie was in the car with Lucas. In fact, it so rattled Willie that now the voice of Short Top Detroit, you know, the fictional detective, well, he's beginning to speak inside Willie's head. Six by six, you can't fit a kayak in there. You can, if it needs air. An inflatable kayak. Check it out. I went out to Luke's Island. I still had the keys to the boat in his house. It was back in the storage room. I found the box, but not the inflatable kayak. 
Yeah. What are you getting at, Willie? Luke's ring. Oh, God, that hand. He told me he couldn't get the ring off his finger. When did he say that? When we were in the bar. It may not have been Luke's body. What? But then, who was it? I'm afraid it may be Berkeley Bob. Where are you? Huh? You're not here. You're not with me. Oh, I was just thinking. Yeah? Who, who are you thinking of? I'm not thinking of her. I'm thinking of him. Well, he's gone. Just get on with your life. Yeah, too many things don't fit. Yeah, I, I know. You know, I'm not spending the night. Annie, I wasn't thinking of her. I don't care if you were thinking of Daffy Duck. Why should I stay here if you're not here? Annie! Let her go. Look, this is my life. Well, la-dee-da. That's not what I meant. Patch it up later. Stay out of it. Uh, I'll stay out of it. Annie! Uh, oh, look what you did. I couldn't sleep. I got up and made some coffee. I sat down at the table and wrote down everything I knew. The ring on the hand I found was Luke's, but was it Luke's hand? The bottle of bourbon he was drinking from wasn't bourbon, it was iced tea. Was he pretending to be drunk? He was carrying two sets of keys to the car. He had a duplicate made. <laughs> thunderstorm was going on outside. The lights blinked a couple of times, grew dim, and then the power went out. I sat in the dark. I may have dozed off. There was another flash of lightning. Christy was standing there, and so was Luke. He was holding something shiny. It looked like a 38. Thought you had it all figured out. What I didn't figure out was why. I had to disappear. I sized up your hippie friend, Berkeley Bob, the walking wasteland, and my clothes fit him. And what about you, sweetheart? You were on from the day one. Yeah, you were the perfect sucker, Willie. We had a plan to a tea, and then you had to play the amateur dick. And a dumb dick at that. At two, eh, Rick? You made me an offer that was just too tempting to refuse. You set the explosives? Yeah, sure. What time I spent now blowing up goops finally paid off. But you had to go snooping around. Not too smart, Willie. I never figured you. Who do you think got Berkeley Bob to take the ride out in the country? But Annie, why you? Because I'm sick of this town and Rick and I are getting out. So what do you plan to do with me? We're going to let you go to the cops and spill your guts. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, you one dumb cracker. <laughs> I don't like to be laughed at. I kicked the table over. I dived to the floor as the bullets went flying. Someone got it. I had my 45 out and blasted away in the dark. People were falling left and right. And then, it was quiet. The lights came back on. There were bodies strewn all over the place. Oh boy. It was then I realized that it was a dream. Take a little stroll down Paranoid Lane. Ah, it comes with a job. But you got it part right. Now get the rest. What is the rest? How did Luke get his money? I don't know. You know who to ask. She's on a photo shoot. Where? The Bahamas. When will she be back? Next week. Tell her Willie call. Is this Mr. Wilson? That's right. Well, Christy left a number for you. 
I called the hotel in St. Lucia. She was out. I left a message. That night, she called me. Willie? Listen, there's more to Luke's death than we realize, and it's all connected with the money. How? Where did Luke get his money? He was an accountant. He worked for Microtech, the software company. He borrowed their money and bought stocks in an internet company just as it went public. It opened at about 8 and went up to 120 all in the same day. He sold at 110. How much did he buy? About a million. Oh, a million shares? No, he, he bought a million dollars worth at eight dollars a share. That's about, I don't know, that's uh, 125,000 shares. He made almost 14 million dollars. All in one day. And then the million he borrowed, he put back. And even after he'd paid the broker's fees, he still walked away with over 13 million. Man. Do you have an inside tip on the stocks? He was watching a company, I don't remember the name, and, and when they went public, he jumped on it. Luke never felt he'd done anything wrong. He just borrowed the money from Microtech, he put the million back. Wait a minute, what do you mean he just borrowed? I mean, you mean he embezzled? But he put it back, and after a few months, he quit the company. And they never knew? Not at first, but I overheard him talking on the phone one night. I think they got suspicious when they found out he suddenly had money and they didn't audit. They figured out what he did. They wanted the money. The money he made with their money. The 13 million. Or what he had left. How much was left? I have no idea. Millions? Did they threaten to turn him in? I don't think so. If they did that, they'd never get his money. Then why would they kill him? There's no reason. They were just trying to scare him. Like shooting out the windows. I guess. Do the police know this? No. You never told them? I was afraid whoever they were would come after me. I think we better tell the cops. As far as the fat cats know, Luke's dead. The money's in some Swiss bank account. Maybe you're right. Chris? You coming back to Saratoga anytime? Is there any reason I should? Wait a second. What? Okay. Okay. Listen, I gotta go. Yeah. Driving me nuts. I couldn't invite her up. Do you know what that would mean? Opportunity, man. Opportunity with big boobs is banging on your door and you are blowing it. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Speaking of knowing, I told the cops what I knew. The detective handling the case contacted Christy and she confirmed it. They went to Microtech, who claimed it was absurd that there never was any money removed, but they wouldn't show their books because of quote-unquote trade secrets. The cops needed something concrete for a court order, and nothing I had given them was solid, let alone concrete. You think he's alive? I'll bet he's basking in the sun, sipping margaritas on some Caribbean island. <laughs> what if Berkeley Bob shows up one day? I wish he would, but I don't think he will. Did you fall in love with her? Selby, nothing happened. Don't bullshit me. Honest. I'm not saying that you two got it on. I'm saying you fell for her. I'm fond of her, that's all. Bullshit. Hey, it's over. She's gone. Yeah, well, Annie misses you, Willie. I miss her? Well? I'll give her a call. Oh, God, use your feet. Just walk over and see her. Make her happy, Willie. See you later.
you follow it through? Follow what? The sweet scent. She's got a career. She's not coming up here to live. I'm not going to live in New York. So? Yeah, okay, okay. You're okay. You're my hero, you know that? No. <laughs> you did the right thing. You didn't hurt anyone. That's saying something. Yeah, maybe. Hey, what do you say we go get a beer? No, I'm gonna go see Annie. Hey, sounds good. Yeah, it does. And now the credits. William Shorttop is played by Mr. Bill. Christy, Shelley Williams, Luke, Bill, Westenberg, Annie, Kelly Sweeney, White Boy Rick, Patrick Donovan, Shelby, Laura Roth, Berkeley Bob, Skip Pink, Shades, Melvin White, Bruno Rocco, Jim Mitchell, Shirley Rocco, Dee Sarno, Briggs Staten, Eric Peterson, the caretaker, Gary Starr. Script and story by Meatball Fulton with music by Tim Clark. Hello? Luke's not gonna get away with this. What? You heard me. Who's this? You know who it is. Short talk. I'm coming back to get Luke. When? You're the writer. You'll figure it out. So there's part two. That's right, genius. So next time, part two of Saratoga Fat Cats. This is a ZBS production. ZBS.org. Three years had passed since Lucas Trust was killed by a car bomb. I was convinced that he had faked his death, that parts of the body they found were really parts of Berkeley Bob. But the forensics evidence proved otherwise. It was Luke. I was no detective. It was like my girlfriend Annie kept telling me before she left me that I had been reading too many cheap detective novels, especially the hard-boiled ones like Short Top Detroit. He was a character that lived inside of cheap paperbacks, but he didn't want to live inside books. He wanted to live inside me. Now I hear his voice in my head all the time. Annie said she might think about getting back with me. If you started seeing a shrink. I told her, I don't want to see no shrink. Then don't call me. Who goes to psychiatrists anymore? What are they called? Psychologists? Psychotherapists? Counselors? What do you do? You look in the yellow pages? I called Annie. Look, I miss you. I really do. Well then, so what are you going to do about it? I'll see a shrink. But I don't know who to see. I don't have a clue. Just using the word clue made her cringe. She knew of someone who had a good reputation. Marsha Robbins. I made an appointment. You see that guy getting out of BMW? At least Shorttop had stopped pestering me about Luke's murder. Now all he did was tag along and make little comments just totally out of the blue. And the woman getting out? The one with the long legs? So? They're having an affair. Who cares? Probably his wife. 
You see, the way he can't keep his hands off her, he's getting reckless. This is a small town. Short Top, do me a favor, shut up. He did, but I could feel him pacing back and forth inside my head, stopping now and then to use my eyes, my ears, my nose, and check out what was going on. Willie, my man. What's up, Rick? Hey, I'm thirsty. Huh. You say we stop at the parting glass for a drink. No, I can't. Everything okay? Yeah, I gotta see the shriek this afternoon. Ooh. Annie, she insists. Hey, let's get some coffee. Coffee? What's up, Willie? You still seeing Annie? Ah, uh, we're talking about getting back together again if I get cured. Cured of what? Oh, you mean <laughs> detective Yeah. Mm. Is Short Top still talking to you? Not much. Did you ever think about becoming a detective? Never. What about that wet t-shirt model then? Christy St. Santa Claus? Christy St. Nickel. Yeah. I'm to find her what? under your tree. <laughs> Shake my peaches, baby. Peaches? What happened to her anyway? Who? Oops. I have no idea. <laughs> Remember how she used to do that for this Rick, big mellow? I don't want to relive this. Okay. Okay. You miss Anna? Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. So, are you still hearing voices? It's just one voice, a detective. Are you worried about this? Me? No. Annie is. She and Shorttop never got along. That's the name of the detective. Shorttop Detroit. He doesn't like Annie? I never said that. He's never said so, but, well, Annie doesn't like the idea that I talk to a detective inside my head. Ask her if she thinks you're crazy. You think I'm crazy? Probably not. Everybody has voices inside of them. Some of them are really true. Some of them are not. Some of them might disguise themselves in different ways, but have something very interesting to say. The problem is that people who are disturbed by their voices get tranced out, and then they do things that they don't remember. And when they come back, they feel very disconnected from themselves. Does that happen to you? Uh, no, I don't think so. I can't remember. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's harmful. You don't? No, and it could be interesting to pay attention to what it has to tell you. What do you mean? Well, as I said, sometimes our voices give us good insight. They are connected to a real part of ourselves, even if they take a disguise, like a detective. So don't give it too much power, but pay attention. Okay, I see. Have any other questions? What about Annie? I don't think Annie's going to accept this. I mean, what do I tell her? What do you want to tell her? Well, she's not going to like it when I tell her that you said my Did you my hear theory. what I said? What do you want to tell her? And that was my session. I mean, there was more to it, but that's the gist. Maybe it's because I was about three minutes shy of being blown up in the car along with Luke that I've been thinking I should be enjoying life. If Luke hadn't left me standing there on the bridge, I would have been blown up along with him. People get away with murder all the time. Hello? It's me, Shades. Shades? Long time no here. What's up? You know those two big pussies I've been taking care of? You've been taking care of two big pussies? Yeah, you know, the fat cats look with me. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, right, yeah. What's their names? Semester and Tweety Bird. That's right, yeah. Man, they're fat, but they're fine. Oh, that's good. I gotta go away for a few days. You want me to look in on them? My niece was supposed to do that, but she's not here. Well, come by tonight. You can show me what to do. I'm leaving this afternoon. I can't leave those cats alone, not for two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, my brother's sick. He's in Chicago. Wow. You flying out? I'm taking the train. Peaches is supposed to be here. Peaches? Don't call her that. Her name is Celia. Oh, Celia. Celia's your niece. Yeah, can you help me, Willie? Yeah, sure. I'm coming right over. So, uh, so Celia, does she live around here? No, she lives in the city. Is she driving up from New York? No, she was taking the train. I was to pick her up, but she never got off. And you called her? I got her on the answer machine. Maybe she'll catch the next train. Someone has to stay with these cats. Where are the pussies? They're in the backyard. Come on, I'll show you. Yeah, the vet told me to put them on a diet. What do they do? They weigh about 50 pounds each. <laughs> no, man, that's not that. Huh? Can you pick both of them up at the same time? Not with my back. You want me to take the cats to my place? I was hoping you could stay here. Overnight? Until Celia gets here. I think she's coming. She's just having a hard time. Well, look, you got to catch a train. Give me the key to the place, show me where the food is, and I'll look after them. You'll stay here? Every night. Overnight? Overnight. Thanks, Willie. Okay, which one is Sylvester? This one. Talk to him before you pick him up. Or you scratch him. You will. This one's Tweety Bird. She likes to be carried around. She does. Hey. Hey, Tweety Bird. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> Whoa. You are one fat pussy cat. Yeah, she likes you. <laughs> Well, this is a pretty fancy collar. Well, it came with the cat. You need a ride to the train station. I can call a cab. No, come on, I'll take you. I took Shades to the train station. He was nervous. I had the feeling he wanted to get out of town in a hurry. Oh, man, this suitcase is heavy. What's in it? Jazz records. LP? Yeah, it's on 78s. I don't like those CDs. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that was Fat Cats Part 2 of 3 here on Radio Drum Revival. Uh, another couple weeks we'll have the remaining installments of that here on the Radio Drama Revival podcast. Um, that'll be more or less clearing out the month of September. Then we're going to be into our Halloween haunted stories stuff. Of course, ZBS, zbs.org. Excellent site to find much more audio drama material. Um, Tom Lopez, Meatball Fulton have gone back decades of this. Um, of course, our own archives at radiodrumrevival.com have hundreds of hours as well. Um, people have been emailing me from time to time for personal recommendations. Fred at radiodrumrevival.com. Happy to always do that, steer you in the right direction. Um, on the Radio Drum Revival site, there's a genre link that will click on whatever you like, horror, science fiction, whatever, and you'll see more of what's out there and um otherwise uh follow the new stuff here on the radio drama revival podcast on itunes stitcher or soundcloud hit us on twitter at radio drama or facebook facebook.com forward slash radio 
Drama Revival. And that is a wrap for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Brad Greenhalge. Our submissions editor is Monique Boudreau of Oral Stage Studios. Copyrighted for individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you like. Radio Drama Revival is a production of Radio Drama Revival LLC. It is published at radiodramarevival.com as a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Thank you.